Woo, man, I hope you are having a great day. And man, it's a blessing to be able to be standing here in front of y'all on this stage as we unpack week three of this series that we're calling the Identity Series. So if you can, go ahead and elbow your neighbor and say, week three, we finally made it to week three. Let them know, let them know, all right? Kind of say it with a little bit of enthusiasm, all right? So this is week three of the series that we're calling Identity. And if you've been walking with us for long enough, then you know each year when the calendar flips around, man, we spend three weeks unpacking, uh, you know, the identity of Ridgecrest where we say, man, it's kind of, you know, summed up in these three words. They're up on the screen, so y'all read them with me. Grow, serve, and go. Let's do it one more time now that you're awake. Let's say them together. Grow, serve, and go. So if you were here with us two weeks ago, that you know Pastor Joe kicked it off and he was breaking down grow. And so as Christ followers, church family, we need to be continually growing in our faith. Pastor Joe said it as blunt as he could. If you're not growing, then something is wrong. And so we need to be taking steps in growing in our faith. And it doesn't matter if you're the newest Christian here or the oldest saint in the room. There is always room to grow. Remind yourself, man, you've never crossed the finish line of growing in your faith, all right? There's always room to grow. And so, man, where do we start? I think that was a great way to ask us and, and, and a great answer to say, may you start right where you are. May you start right where you are. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned vet, may you start right where you are and you keep on taking steps to grow. It doesn't matter if you just gave your life to Christ and you're brand new, you're a spiritual infant, man, you start where you are. It doesn't matter if you've slipped up or you've gotten off the track or you need to backtrack a little bit, may you start right where you are. And then last week, man, our pastor Matt, he broke down the concept of serve and he explained what it looked like to be served, all right? And he also kind of explain what it meant to serve others. And so we were reminded that service is not a beatdown. Service is not a hassle. In fact, man, our pastor told us that service is worshipful. Man, tell your neighbor, service is worshipful. It's an act of service. Man, it's an act of worship when you choose to serve. And so if you follow us on social, then you already know that last week we highlighted three ways that you could jump into service here at Ridgecrest. Number one, man, if you saw the post, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, man, I just want to invite you in to these are ways that you can jump into service. Number one, you can serve in our nursery. Man, as we continue to open up the doors of our church and as we continue to draw in young families, those young families don't come along. They continue to bring young babies with them. And to be effective in our ministry to those young families, we need your help. Man, serving in our nursery is a great way for you to jump into service here at our church. And we're not talking about babysitting. We're talking about providing age-appropriate environments where the Bible is taught in a creative and relevant way. And you have the opportunity to be a big part in that. So it doesn't matter if you've served in the nursery for 40-plus years, but you've been on sabbatical. It doesn't matter if you've never served in the nursery, but the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart today. And you're saying, man, I might could be used in that way. 
man, if you would love to serve in that way, man, please contact Kami Sprouse, and she'll let you know all the opportunities and the steps to take to serve in our nursery. The second way we said that you could jump directly into service is by helping serve a meal at our weekly Celebrate Recovery. I mean, I don't know if y'all realize this, but every Monday evening, every Monday evening, every Monday evening, you know, like, wake the person up next to you and say, I think he means every week, all right? But every week, man, we minister to those in our community who are battling hurts, habits, and hangups. And as they come to our church for that spiritual food, we also provide them with some church-cooked food right out of the church's kitchen, all right? And so, man, we need help. And we need people willing to help prepare and serve that weekly meal that, uh, man, is for over 50-plus that gather here on Monday nights. And so our man, Timer Hartley, has a team of people, and he teams up with life groups, and, and he puts a schedule, but he needs helpers who are, welcome to, who are help, uh, willing to serve in that way. And so, man, if you love to get down in the kitchen or you love to serve and watch people eat, that's kind of creepy, all right? Like serve them and sit down by them and eat with them. That's not as creepy, all right? But, man, please contact Timer Hartley, and he will share all the opportunities on how you can serve, uh, you know, at CR. And you don't have to serve every week. May he just needs some help serving. And then the third way, if you saw the post, I mean, the third way that you could jump into immediate service here at our church is by serving in our Wednesday night Awana program. I mean, if you know anything about Awana, it takes a village to raise a child. I mean, it takes so many volunteers, and they have them. Man, sometimes it's hard to find other volunteers because Mitzi has them all. But, but check this out. Guess what? Man, she's in need of men to serve, and she's in need of men willing to step up and help these kids memorize scripture and have a blast building a foundation of biblical knowledge. Man, we need more men willing to pour into these kids, and they range from age three all the way to the fourth grade. And so if you are a man and you have, you know, an opportunity to say, hey, I would love to pour in not to just the future, but the now. Man, I would love to make an impact in these kids' lives. Maybe I used to do it a couple years ago, but I don't anymore. Man, maybe I wasn't able to, but my schedule has opened up. Man, if you're able to serve in that way, contact Mitzi Money. Man, she'll give you all the opportunities and the steps of how to serve in the Awana program. And so the last couple weeks, man, we've talked about growing. Man, we talked about serving. And today we're going to talk about going. See, our complete identity as a church is to be a church that grows Christ's followers who serve him faithfully and go proclaiming the gospel. It's not about one. It's not about two of the things. It's about all three of the things. Man, each one of them, it's like a domino effect. One kind of kickstarts the other, and they work in tandem, and they work in unison. And so if you have your Bible with you today, man, we're going to start and we're going to really land in the same passage that we have been in the last two weeks. And I'm not here to pop quiz you and say, raise your hand if you remember where we started the service off, all right? I'm going to make it easy, all right? I'm just going to ask you to please turn, tap, or scroll your way to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. 
And we are going to be looking at verses 16 through 20. And so if you don't have a Bible with you today, that's okay. We got your back, all right? There's a Bible located in the back of the pew directly in front of you. Man, please take that out of the pew and use it today. Follow along with the scripture. And then don't put it back in the pew because if you're missing a Bible, man, take it home. Utilize that as a gift from us. And, man, if you don't know where the book of Matthew is, it's the first book in the New Testament. But, man, that Bible has a table of contents located at the front of it. And it'll tell you exactly what page to go to. And as you find the book of Matthew, please be reminded that the big numbers are the chapters and the small numbers are the verses. And so, again, today we are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20 this morning. And so as you continue to make your way there, I also want to ask you to join me in praying three things. Number one, let's pray that the Lord would speak today. Number two, let's pray that we would listen to what the Spirit is saying. And number three, let's ask that our lives would be changed because of it. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we pray these three things. And God, they're three, they're concise, they're simple to say, but God, they're hard to walk out. And God, that's why we need your help today. God, we pray that you would speak to us today. God, we don't want to just come to church just because we want to come to church. God, we don't want to just come to church because we want to check off a box. God, we don't want to just come to church because that's what we were grown to, that's what we were raised to do. God, we want to come to church and give you an opportunity to speak. Because God, if we leave here and we have not heard from you, then we've missed out on a, on, on a great opportunity. So, God, speak to us today. Secondly, God, we want to hear from your spirit today. God, as you speak loud and clearly, let us hear the truth from your word. God, I know we have distractions. God, I know that we have baggage. And, God, I know that we have so many things on our mind. Some that have to do with our life, some that have to do with the life of others. God, at this moment, I pray that you would allow us to zone into your text and allow your voice to be loud and clear and allow us to hear truth from your spirit. And third of all, God, we pray that as you speak and as we hear, God, that that truth would set us free. God, we pray for life change today. God, we don't want to just keep on going through the motions. God, please help us leave here differently than the way that we came here. And so, God, we need you to change our hearts. God, we need you to change the way that we see others. God, we need you to change the way that we communicate to others. And, God, we need you to change the way that we have selfish desires and turn them into selfless desires so that way we would be willing to live more missionally every day every single day. God, we need your help to do this. And we ask all this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. So if you have your Bible, man, go ahead and make your way to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. We'll put it up on the screen as well. But this is what it says, starting in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Check this out real quick. 
this was not the first encounter for the disciples to be with the risen Christ. All right, we got to understand that. So they've already kind of bumped into him before. But every single time they see him again, look what happens. They worshiped him. See, it's something about when you're in the presence of Jesus, you cannot help but worship him for who he is. But I love right here how, you know, Matthew says, and some doubted. Man, we have to realize maybe this is a different kind of doubt. Maybe this is one of those things where they were thinking, man, this is too good to be true. This is everything that he said would happen, and now it has happened, and here we are again in this moment. Maybe they just couldn't understand it. They couldn't fathom it, but they worshiped him. Church family, we serve a God who is so powerful, he can turn doubters into worshipers. Man, we know that to be true because we've been there. And, man, if you experience the life change, then you know what it is to be on the other side of that and to worship him. Then as we keep on reading, and we'll put it up on the screen, but verse 18 says this. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all that I had commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the days. Man, let's park on those first two verses, kind of sandwiched in the middle, verses 18 and 19. We'll put them back on the screen. But it says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Guys, I don't know if you've ever been asked to do something and your immediate response is to question who it is that's telling you to do what they've told you to do. See, as a child, if you try to do that to mom and dad, then they'll quickly correct you, all right? Man, as an employee, if you try to do that to your boss, all right, then maybe you'll quickly be reprimanded. But there's times that sometimes maybe our peers try to tell us to do something that really maybe would be better received by somebody with more credentials than themselves. But that's not the case right here. Because look who is saying this is Jesus Christ. All right. And in verse 18, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth. Man, if you are allowed to write in your Bible, man, circle, underline, highlight the word all. See, it's a small word, but it has a huge impact. He doesn't just say some of the authority. He says all authority. And he doesn't say just all the authority in heaven because that's where he's about to go, all right? But he says all authority in heaven and on earth. Man, there's no other authority left. He's got it all. He's claimed it all. And because Jesus has this authority, we are therefore commanded to go. And we're commanded to go by the person who has the authority and the power to tell us to do so. So we got to understand who it is that's given us this order. And then we have to understand that this order is just not just some suggestion, but it is a command for us to go. And so we have to understand that we're on this team, and sometimes to tell us to go, that sounds like we're to do something really out of our comfort zone. 
man, I can't go. Man, does he know who I am? Like, I can't do this. But let me tell you something. Like Pastor Matt said yesterday, man, we have the best team with us. We're not alone. See, Christ says he has all the authority. And then also in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says we are going to be given this power by the Holy Spirit when it comes upon us. And so here's the thing. Man, we're on this team, but we're not alone. We have Christ, all right? We have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit riding them with us. But don't get it twisted. Understand where the power is coming from. This isn't some Captain Planet team beam where we all hold these rings up and somebody yells, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then you hold your ring up and say, me. And then all of a sudden the ground rumbles and the deep voice says, by your powers combined. No, it's not that. It's, it's actually couldn't be further from that, all right? Man, it's not about our power. It's all about his power. It's all about his authority. It's all him. It's not us. Man, it's his authority that sends us. It's his authority that guides us. And it's his authority that empowers us. So understand who has the authority. Understand who has the power. But understand that he's given that to us. Now, when I read this, Man, my mind goes a lot of different places, and some of y'all are like, man, we can tell, all right? But here's the thing. Have you ever stopped and just thought about how Jesus commissioned and said go to some pretty imperfect disciples? Have you ever thought about that? See, we're on the outside looking in, and we see the whole story, and there's times that we got to be careful because we can fall into the trap saying, man, don't these guys get it? Like, the, don't they understand? Like, he's given them this power. He's given them this authority to go do these things. Well, he's doing the same thing for us. Man, these people were imperfect disciples. The theologian Charles Spurgeon puts it this way, and I love this. I want to bring it to you all today. He says, who is it to go out in that first band of disciples? It is Peter, the rash and the headstrong one. It is John, the one who sometimes wishes to call fire down from heaven to destroy men. It is Philip, with whom the Savior has been so long, and yet he has not known him. It's Thomas, who must put his finger into the print of the nails, or he will not believe him. Yet the master still says to them, go ye. All power is given unto me, therefore go ye. You are as good as for my purpose as anybody else would be. Therefore, there is no power in you, I know. But then all the power is in, is in me. So therefore, go ye. And this is great news for you. This is great news for me. This is great news for any of us because maybe you felt unqualified. Maybe you felt like you've been disqualified. But he says, come on. I can use you. And please be encouraged because the Bible is full of examples where God used the unusable to do the unthinkable. And why does he do that? I mean, he does that so the glory is always pointed back towards him. Man, when we are willing to go, man, it's not about us. It's all about him. 
May he cause us to shine our light bright. He says, actually, light it up so bright, you're like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But he says, do that, not so people see you shining, but so that people see me. Man, it's all about him. It's not about us. But there's something cool about the word go that's here in this passage. See, the Greek word that we translate into this word go, it carried a different meaning. More so, instead of just go, it's as you go about your way. And then when I heard that for the first time I was in college, I had never heard that. And somebody kind of like put it out and presented it a different way. And to me, knowing this changed my perspective from go and do these things right now to more of as you are going about your day, do these things. And so when we, when our view of Christ's command is kind of changed in this light, I mean, it causes us to have a more missional type of mindset. And so that's what I want to call for us as a church. I mean, if we're going to be a church that is willing to go, we have to have a mindset that is focused on living a missional life. And we have to understand that the gospel message is a message of one that has an outward focus, not an inward focus. And so we can walk this out by grabbing a passport and jumping on the next plane to Uganda Honduras or the Philippines or any other mission trip that our church sponsors, all right? We can also do this and walk it out right here in our own community by joining with over 30 churches this summer to make an impact for the city, by going downtown and serving at Hunt County Sheriff Ministries, and by teaming up with the Rafa Clinic to change people's lives. But if we truly are going to strive to live missionally, as we are going, we must understand that it requires intentionality, a willing heart, and a dependence on the Holy Spirit. And see, this is something different for us. Because most of the time, as sinful, selfish people, man, our mindset is all about what we can do, what we can gain. And really, we do have a selfish mindset, but when we flip that, and instead of thinking about ourselves, but we think about others as we are going, man, it requires a different level of intentionality. It requires us to have a willing heart. It requires us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to teach y'all five practical ways to live on mission. And we'll hit them real quick. But the first things first is if we're going to be practical on living on mission, then you can write this down. Look, my daughter told me, Dad, you better, like, say something up there that I can write down because that's the only way I'm going to know to write it down, all right? So, Mac, I hope you're listening, all right? But number one, as we're going, we must be willing to pray, all right? As we are going, we must pray. Man, if we want to live on mission, if we want to have a mission minded focus, if we want to be about the kingdom, not our kingdom, but his kingdom, then as we are going, we must pray. Man, I love how Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica, and he says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Man, in everything you do, pray. Man, I was that bad kid in Sunday school that wanted to raise my hand and say, but teacher, my mom said, I got to pray with my eyes closed, so you probably can't pray when you're driving on Wesley Street. Man, I didn't know what I was talking about. And the more and more I drive on Wesley Street, I got to say a lot of prayers, all right? 
I'm praying for the person who cut me off. I'm praying for the person I cut off. Father, forgive me. All right. And so, man, but, but we have to pray. We have to pray for God to open doors. We have to pray for the people that are around us, maybe at the pump right next to us, maybe in the cubicle next to us, maybe in the room next to us teaching their class. We have to pray for others. But check this out. Most of all, man, we have to pray to ask God to help us with this. See, we begin by acknowledging that we are dependent on God. And when we let him know that we're dependent on God, then he can make a real impact. Man, he can't make a real impact if we're not going to depend on him because that's showing that we think we can do it on our own and our authority and on our power. And we already saw that the scripture doesn't say that. So, church family, who can you begin praying for today in your community? Man, who can you pray for at your job? Who's somebody in your school, teenagers, that you could pray for? And I'm not talking about praying for a new boss. God, I hate this guy. Please give me a new one, all right? That's not what I'm talking about. But maybe praying for your boss. God, man, maybe change his heart. God also changed mine. How can I serve him well? How can I do my job well? Man, the second thing, if we're going to be practical about going, then as we are going, we must love. So the first thing is, as we're going, we must pray. But the second thing is, as we're going, we must love. Man, I think the Apostle Paul had a lot to say about love, right? Man, he wrote a whole chapter to the church of Corinth, right? He said, this is what love is all about. He also told the church in Rome, he said this in verse uh, 9 of chapter 12. He said, don't just pretend to love others but let your love be genuine. How many times do we pretend to love others to get what we need? Church, that's not what we should do as Christ followers. If we're going to be intentional and change our mindset to a kingdom-focused mindset, as we're going, we must be willing to love. Man, I had this coworker that would always come into my office, and he knew, he knew. I, I didn't know what he was doing, but he knew what he was doing. He come in there, he said, man, Justin, did you go to the barber? Because, like, the beard is on point. I mean, the stripe is just right down the middle, all right? It wasn't as much gray, all right? Just only the white in the middle. Man, did, did you get a new sweatshirt? Like, I don't ever see anybody wear that sweatshirt the way you wear that sweatshirt. And after about 10 compliments, he was like, all right, so here's what I need. All right, there's five things that I need you to do. And I was like, man, why didn't you just ask me to do those things? Was he being genuine with what he was saying or was he being disingenuous? I don't know. All right, hopefully genuine because I was feeling good about that sweatshirt. All right, but, but, but here's the thing. Check this out. Genuinely loving others and caring about the people that we want to reach That's how we make an impact that is kingdom-focused. Man, we got to understand that we need to be curious about their lives. Like, we don't need to just ask people, man, how's it going, if we don't really want to hear how's it going, right? Andrew Morrow and I were talking about this last week. We were saying, man, what about when somebody doesn't know the drill, when you're saying, hey, what's up, my man, how's it going, and they don't know that all you're supposed to say is, oh, it's going good, but then they pull you off to the side and say, man, I'm so glad that you, let's have a seat, because I'm about to tell you, 30 minutes, man, my life is falling apart, and you're like, whoa, man, I, I got a meeting to go to, and I really didn't, I just, that's like, don't you know the drill? No, that's fake love, all right? 
Man, if we're going to be genuine with our love, then we have to understand that we need to be curious about their lives. We need to learn about their passions. We need to allow them to teach us about their areas of expertise. Man, our effectiveness will be severely limited if we don't authentically love the people that we're trying to reach. And so, church family, do you love this community? Do you love the community that God has placed you in? Do you love the people in it? Man, do you see them as the way that God sees them? Man, the third thing, man, when we're talking about as we're going, we must pray. As we're going, we must love. The third thing, as we're going, we must create margin in our schedules, all right? Let me try to explain this. But, but first, look at what Paul writes to the church of Ephesus in chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but be wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Man, are you making the best use of your time? Ooh, man, if I look back on my week, there's so many moments that I squandered. There's so many times that I either wasted time or I let myself get so busy that I didn't allow enough margin in my schedule to be able to do what God really wanted me to do. See, if we're consistently moving from one thing to the next, then we will rarely have margin for the unexpected moments and the encounters that God wants to put in our lives. I mean, y'all heard me talk about it before, but we have a family that lives directly across the street from us. They don't believe in God. Man, they know that, that, I mean, we know that, and they let us know that, and they know that we do believe in God. And every time we step out, man, they want to come hang out in our driveway. Every time we walk outside, they want to come swing on our swing. Every time the kids go outside, they want to come play on our fort. Man, there's times that we say, man, what is the deal? We just want to have a life, but they want to have a life with us. And sometimes it's like I forgot that, like, we're fisher of men, and these fish are trying to jump into our boat, but instead I'm so busy with the things that I want to do that I'm like, hey, can y'all kind of give us some space? Hey, can y'all let us have our life? Hey, uh, man, I'm sorry. You thought we were out here playing, but we were just going to shoot hoops for, like, one minute because we got to go to church now. Oh, man, I'm sorry, we just stepped outside, and you brought the whole family, and you got into our garage, and you got all the toys out, but we're fixing to go to life group, so we got to go. Man, there's times that we don't leave enough room in our schedule for the unexpected to happen. And so, church family, I got to ask you, do you have enough margin in your schedule to allow for the unexpected relationships and the extended conversations to take place? And number four, as we are going we must be willing to share our story, all right? So, man, if we want to be kingdom-focused, if we want to be a church that goes, as we're going, we got to pray. As we're going, we got to love. As we're going, we got to put more time in our schedule for other people. And as we're going, we got to be willing to share our story. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says it this way, Men, always be ready to share about the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Man, if Christ has changed your life, you ought to tell people about it. We do that when we eat at a good restaurant. Ooh, man, have you been downtown? Have you had those pizzas? You need to go check this out. Some of us get crazy. Like, we leave Google reviews and things like that. You know, I'm talking to you. All right, and so, like, all these different things, right? But, man, have you done that about Christ? Are you willing to tell others about 
what he's done in your life because that's sharing your story. See, some people, they will resist the firm truths of the claims of the gospel, but yet somehow they're intrigued by how the gospel has shaped your life story. So listen to me. Sometimes we just got to tell them our story. How good are you at telling your story to other people? You know, they don't got a lot of time. Can you tell it very short? Can you tell it in an engaging way? Maybe two sentences about your life before Christ. Maybe two sentences about how he changed your life. Maybe two sentences about what he's doing in your life now. Boom, right there, six sentences. That's your story. Are you willing to share it to others? And then the last one, man, as we are going, man, we got to pray. And as we are going, we got to love. And as we are going, we got to create margin in our schedules. And as we are going, we got to share our story. And as we're going, we got to be willing to share the gospel. Man, have we forgotten about that? I hope not. Man, today, January the 16th, this is 116 day. And because it's 116 day, I want to share with you what's found in Romans 116. All right, Romans 116. Paul says for us not to be ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Woo! We have something that will change lives. And as we're going, we ought to be willing to share the gospel. It's not about where you're trying to get to. But as you are going there, Men, are you willing to pray? Are you willing to love? Are you willing to put time in your schedule so you can impact others? Are you willing to share your story? Are you willing to share the gospel? Because that right there is how we are a church that is all about going. See, the gospel is powerful. It's time for us to unleash it and let it up out of its cage and see what God can do. Because we got to be bold. It's time for us to be amazed at the way God can change lives if we allow him to do so. And so I got to ask y'all, church family, do y'all have any friends that would flip upside down if you try to bring up a gospel conversation? Maybe they don't know you well enough. Maybe they don't know that Christ has changed your life. Maybe it's time to reintroduce that idea into y'all's conversations. Man, we want to be a church filled with people who live out the gospel mandate in displaying God's love. That's what we want to do. Man, we also want to be a church found faithful in the constant extension of the gospel through our continual and gracious proclamation of the same. Those are big words. I stole that from Matt. He put that on our website, all right? Uh, but here's what I want to say. Let us, be, let us continue to be a church that is willing to grow. Let us continue to be a church that is willing to serve. And let us continue to be a church that is willing to go. See, church family, living with a missional mindset is difficult sometimes. And sometimes it's a glorious mess. But as we are going, when we decide to take the practical steps of faith to live on mission for Jesus, ooh, man, we can't help but remember how this passage ends. We're going to put it up on the screen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Jesus' words, his assuring words from this great commission says this. Man, they become more and more precious and more real than ever. And behold, I'm with you always 
to the end of the age. Man, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for our church. God, thank you for a church that wants to live out an identity that is about growing in our spiritual walk. God, that is willing to serve you and serve others. And God, that is willing to go. Man, whether that would be serving locally, man, whether that would be, you know, going statewide, God, whether that would be going nationally, whether that would be going internationally, God, we want to understand that you've given us a great opportunity to switch our focus from being self-centered to being kingdom-focused. God, let us be a church that is willing to go. And God, I pray for the person that is here today. And maybe they heard these things, and, and, and we need to actually go back to the first part of that passage because, man, they said, man, I can't worship right now because I'm in doubt mode. God, please let them know that you can change that today. God, I pray that there's somebody in here that needs prayer. They would come to the front and they would locate an elder that's willing to pray for them. God, I pray that if there's somebody in here that needs to join a church, God, they would understand that they can start that conversation today. God, I pray that if there's somebody in here that just needs to do business with you at the altar, they would understand that the altar is open and available. God, please work in a mighty way in our lives. We ask all this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.